Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Picking up the subject of patience, we said, patience is an active endurance marked by hope and assurance. Because patience means endurance. But there are two ways you can endure a situation. Do you understand? There are two ways you can endure a situation. One is to resign, to give up, and to endure whatever comes and say, that is my portion in life. That is not the kind of patience that the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about an active endurance marked by hope and assurance. Your hope and assurance is coming out of the word of God. Now, the word has been given, the promise has been given, but it is not yet manifested. But while you're waiting for the manifestation, there is an onslaught of the enemy and you go through trials and temptations and testings. Now, during that phase is when you need to learn to endure. But when you're learning to endure, as I said just a while ago, you can en- you, there can be two types of endurance. One Just resign to everything and just sit back and say, well, I can't do anything. It's beyond my hands and beyond my scope. Well, whatever comes, I have to take. What can I do with it? It's beyond my capacity. That is the way the world looks at the word patience. But the word teaches us that the patience that God looks at for us to have is patience with faith. Remember, it's faith and patience. So this patience, this endurance is linked to what? Faith. Are you with me? Faith is what? Believing in what God said and expecting its manifestation. So while you're enduring, you have an attitude and you have a stance that you take. The attitude and the stance you take is, I am hopeful, I am looking forward, and I know it's it's got to come to pass, but in this period that I'm having to wait, I'm going to have an active, positive attitude. If you understood that, shout amen. Are you with me, everybody? So there are two ways you can handle a situation. So patience is active endurance marked by hope and assurance. So we started looking at John chapter 16, verse 33. And we said, in the world you shall have tribulation, is what Jesus said. And then we talked about what tribulations are. And we said about how how God led the people of Israel out of the out of Egypt, the land of bondage, into the land, of, into the land that flows with milk and honey, and how God said that he was going to take them there. But the Bible also says, according to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, that God led them through the wilderness to expose what was in their heart and to see whether they would obey his commands. See, the tests and trials that come through in life, While you're waiting for the manifestation of your deliverance, of your healing, of your uh, coming out of debt, or whatever you're believing God for, and you're sowing seeds, and you're praying, and you're fasting, there is a gestation period. Just like a child is, a woman becomes pregnant, but before she can bring forth the child into the world, there is a gestation period. Now, during the gestation period is when you need to know how to handle the situation. Come on now, amen? 
See, when a woman becomes pregnant, immediately her lifestyle begins to change. Because there is a way you have to live. You, your diet changes. Your habits have to change in some places. There are places you can go, some things you can write, some things you cannot write. Because if you have to bring forth the child, now you are not only have to be conscious of yourself, but the one that is growing inside. Come on now. So when you're eating, they say, hey, wait, that is not going to be good for the one that's growing inside. Amen. This is what you should only eat this stuff and not this stuff. No, I used to enjoy that before. Now you cannot enjoy that anymore because you're responsible for somebody else as well. How many understand what I'm saying? Come on, be active this morning. Come on, amen. Receive the word. Lay, lay hold on what I have and lay a demand on my spirit this morning. Don't just sit there. I said sitting does not mean relaxing. So don't sit there and relax. Lay, uh, 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 place a demand on the anointing that is upon me this morning. Okay? Now get that word out of my spirit. So there is a period that you have to wait. And it's during that period, your attitude and your actions determine what comes out of that, of that womb. Your womb of the spirit is now pregnant with the word of God that God has given you as a promise. Just because a woman is pregnant, does not, it, it does not mean that she is going to have a safe delivery. It does not necessarily mean that she will have a child that will live. Many have given born to a still child. Many have delivered and aborted because they could not carry it any further. There were some things that came and affected. See, it's during that period. This period is an extremely important period with, wherein you have to learn how to face it and what kind of attitude you have to have and what kind of approach you have to have so that you are not aborting the word, aborting the seed, aborting what God has birthed inside you, and, but you're taking care of it that in due course, you'll bring forth that beautiful baby or that word in your life. Say amen, somebody. So God said, I put you through the test. To see when the test comes, when the trial comes, what is really inside you will be exposed. Everybody can thank God when they get a new job. But when they lose their job, they go all set, all dressed up to go to work. And the first thing they receive is a pink slip. How do you respond? Has the world collapsed? This guy is all dressed up, decked up, nicely combed and with all perfume and everything. He's going on a date. He's already had a few dates. Now he's going to go again and they're meeting in a nice cafe somewhere in a beautiful place. And, the, and they walk in and the girl says, look, I got to tell you something. I've been thinking about our relationship. I think we got to stop. The next thing he thinks about is what tablets can I have so I can end my life? Or what can I do? Jump off the cliff? Commit suicide? Has the world collapsed? Is that why you live? Is that why God brought you over here? To conquer a woman or to have a woman in your life? Is that the purpose for your life? You should say, hallelujah, I am delivered from the person that I should not get married to. You should have a positive attitude because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. 
In fact, you know, you might be strong enough to say, in fact, actually, I came all dressed up and decked up to tell you the same thing. <laughs> Come on now. God is greater than anybody else. You don't live for the woman. She doesn't live for you. You live for him. And he will set the right person in your life. Man, let me tell you, I never came prepared to say this, but the Holy Ghost has inspired me to say that somebody needed to hear this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said the tests are there so that when the pressure is applied, when the squeeze is applied, the juices will flow. It's that's when you know whether the orange is sweet or sour. When you're in the presence of the pastors, every time you open your mouth, you say, praise the Lord, pastor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you carry your Bible under your arm. You have a nicely, you're decked up nicely and, you're, and you give that image of a spiritual person. But home, you're at home now. You're in your shorts, your tea, you know, and sweat running down. You've got to put a nail because your wife said, I need to put some clothes, I need to hang them. You need to put that wire in, you know. And so you take that nail and you start banging it in the wall. And while you're banging it, she says from inside, have you done this? And you can't hear, what is it, woman? And you bang. And it's not on the nail, but on your finger. What comes out of your mouth then? Do you understand what I'm talking about? What are you really made up of? That silly woman, she should not have talked to me. No, 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 she is not silly. She is your wife. She loves you. She never said, don't look at the nail. You were silly to look out, out, off the nail. Amen? Come on now. So he, you've got to understand that you're put through the tests and trials, not that you might fail. But James says this. Come on, go to the book of James. Chapter 1. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Hallelujah. Your faith will be tried. And when your faith is being tried, you are being perfected or you're maturing in patience. And he says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That means when you learn how to stand in patience, expecting the word to be fulfilled in your life, you become mature and you learn to stand against the vials of the enemy and you know, and now you pass the test. And you have a story to tell. Somebody shout amen. Why do we talk about Joshua and Caleb and not the rest? Because they have a story to tell. They knew how not only to receive a word of faith. But also to stand patiently until they conquered. And saw the manifestation of the promise of God in their lives. Say amen someone. Amen. Now let's go to James chapter 1. We are there right already. Let's go to verse 2. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So the Lord over here says, count it joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That means, listen, when that test comes, how can I rejoice? When I'm going through the grind, how do I rejoice? 
Because you're being set up for promotion. See, nobody likes the exams. But if the results are good, you rejoice. And the results are not going to be good if you don't prepare for it. Hello? So you've got to prepare yourself to not only receive a word of faith, but to stand in patience. So when you go through the test, or when you arrive at a place in life where you're being tested in a certain area, rejoice because God allowed that to come into your life so you can be now set to be promoted. Because God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. If I can set my heart right and my eyes upon him and hold on to his hand and learn to patiently wait upon him, God will cause me to be promoted. So it's time to rejoice. Everybody likes it when they're promoted to the next class. You go from year one to year two in the medical school or the engineering school. You go to year three. And every time you're promoted, you're happy and you rejoice because you're coming to the end of the course. But that does not happen by accident. It happens by purpose. So there is no maturity in a Christian's life without tests and trials. So he says, don't be bewildered. Don't question God. Why did this happen? Are you a fool? Will you ever ask a school, why are you giving me the exams? Will you ever ask the government or the university, why should I write an exam? You know it is needful for you to write an exam to be qualified. Likewise in life, tests and trials are your qualifications. When you pass over them, now God says he is qualified. So don't act like a silly person. Don't act like somebody that does not know the things of God. Tests and trials and temptations are part and parcel of life. That's why Jesus said, you will have tribulation. And he said, offenses will come. Not that it might happen. He said, you will be offended. Because if you know how to overcome them, you will be promoted in life. Say amen, somebody. All right. Faith. Is an expression of confidence in God and his word. What is faith? Faith is an expression of your confidence in God and his word. Tests and trials are designed. When these temptations come, they come with a purpose. To steal that confidence and replace the confidence with doubt. Because the enemy wants you to walk away from faith. And walk into doubt. You see? God loves the temptations, but God does not tempt you. God girds you in the temptation so that you can pass through the temptation. When Jesus was in the wilderness, temptations came. But he was already prepared. That's why he could use the word to overcome the devil. So temptations and trials, they will come to take your eyes off of what God said. Now, the devil came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you are the son of God. Now, just a few days ago, when he was water baptized and was getting out of the waters of the river Jordan, 
the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So now Jesus knows who he is. Right? So here the devil comes and says, If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If Jesus did not have the ability to turn the stones into bread, it would never be a temptation. Did you ever think of that? If Jesus did not have the ability to turn the stones into bread, it could not be a temptation. So he was and he had the ability to turn the stones into bread. But look what the devil was saying. To prove that you are a son of God to yourself. No. I don't prove anything to myself. I believe what he said. So I am not going to turn these stones into bread to prove to me that I am a son of God. I am a son of God because he said I'm a son of God. See, our lives have to be word-based. The word is the anchor. The word is what you stand upon, not experiences, not miracles. That's why Paul said, I don't want your faith to be established on just miracles and signs, but on the word of God. That's why church, listen to me, it is imperative and very essential that we become a word People that are reading the Bible, that are meditating the Bible, that are receiving teaching, receiving revelation. And our walk is based on not the miraculous, but upon the word that produces the miracles. Amen. Glory to God. Now, let's go on. The enemy is always working on trying to steal, destroy, or distort your faith. If you're writing it down, you must write this. The enemy is always working and trying to steal, to destroy, and, and to distort your faith. What does that mean? See, when God said to the people of Israel, I will take you into a land that flows with milk and honey, I am very sure everyone had an image in their mind about what that land would look like. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he describes how the land is. How beautiful that land is. How there is this uh, water in abundance and how crops are produced in the place and all types of crops and metals and commodities. He's talking about all the wealth in the land. And so he paints a picture. When a promise of God comes to you, a picture is painted in your mind and in your heart. Is that clear? Do you understand? When we say good health, beloved above well, all, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. That scripture paints an image inside each one of us. If you're sick, it paints a picture of you being healed. So I see myself healed. Now, when you're sitting under a ministry, when the word is being preached and you came here discouraged, depressed, challenged in life, the word of God is life. 
He said, when I speak, the words I speak are life and spirit. So when that word is being spoken, something will be stirred inside you to give you a hope. The gospel gives you hope. Amen. The gospel paints a picture that is beyond the natural. And you can get very excited when you're sitting here. And say, I know I will be blessed. I know I'm the healed of the Lord. I know I will be rich. I know my business will prosper. I know I'm on the top and not on the bottom. You make those confessions. You are excited about it. You see yourself and you walk out of the church. You moved from this atmosphere. And you have moved out of it. Now. Has it manifested as yet? No. Here the test begins. Here your participation is needed. Your involvement is needed in the production of or manifestation of the fruit. See, when in the... When you're seated like this and the word is being spoken and the word is being imparted, what is happening? Seed is being sown. And when seed is sown, what happens? You conceive. You never give birth on the same day that you conceive. But once you conceive and you know you have conceived, you have now got to take care of that seed inside your spiritual womb. While you're working on that, the enemy is busy doing what? Trying to steal, to destroy, and to distort that image of the promise inside you. Come on now. Are you getting the picture? Are you able to understand? All right. This picture was produced by the word of God. Now we got to hold on to it because it has not yet manifested in the natural. It is through patience we need to endure not with, listen to this carefully, we need to endure with patience not with anxiety but with anticipation. Not losing sight of the promised end. You have to look forward, not with anxiety, but with anticipation because God has spoken. Somebody shout amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So when the promises come, learn to hold on to the promise and feed the promise. Feed that which has been established inside your heart. Ask any pregnant woman that is growing and is going through the period of gestation. Every time she wants to eat or drink something, she's going to consult and say, is it going to be good for the child inside or not? She'll never say, is it good for my taste? Is it good for my health? Is it good for the child inside? Say amen. See, herein is where we lose the battle. We become negligent about the womb. 
We become negligent about what God has sown into our spiritual womb and we don't care for that which has been seeded inside. But patience is the period where you have to become cognizant, aware of, and begin to feed it. Say amen somebody. You've got to feed it so that when you stand there and take an attitude and take a stance that says, I will not be moved until I see the manifestation of it. Now you will care to feed it so that it begins to grow. In the beginning, you'll go around telling everybody, praise God, I've conceived, you know. I'm con I've conceived. And everybody goes, congratulations, congratulations, you know. And everybody's so happy and they congratulate, give a high five and all that. After four months, you don't have to say nothing. You show it. Am I right? Am I right? See, the confession part is only in the beginning. After that, you will show it. There is something that will show up. There is an attitude change. There is a way you walk. There is a way you talk. Because now it shows up. As the days go by, don't talk. Look at this. Here. How, when is the due? No, they don't ask, are you, are, you, are, you, are you pregnant? They say, when is the due date? When they see this growing, the next question is not, are you pregnant? Are you blind? They say, when is the due date? Because it's definitely going to happen. Amen? See, there's a process, friends. Patience is the, is the, is the, is the time of process. And many people are losing their battle and not producing the promise because they don't know how to care for and tend to the seed that is sown into the womb. And if only we can learn how to take care and protect that seed and feed that seed and how we can stand and not give up. It's only a matter of time. One month, two months, three months, four months. Praise God. After the fifth month, nobody need talk. The confidence level has grown. And you, don't talk, and you don't start walking like this. You start walking like this. Amen. You're bearing a weight now. But not for long. Everything about you changes. Everything about you changes. You put on weight. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't want to look at myself anymore. Am I right? But while you're saying, I don't want to look at you anymore, there is also rejoicing in the house because somebody's coming. There is a process. Patience is what is putting you through the process. That's why he said, let patience have its perfect work. Don't be in a rush. Everybody wants instant coffee. We are in the, we are in the, in the world where everything we want, we pray and we say, well, I waited for two days. God hasn't done anything. I don't care how much you pray. Your wife is going to be pregnant for nine months. If you want a proper child. Amen. Not even the faith giant can make the child come out the second day. There is a process. I said there is a process. But there are times that God will take over time. Within a moment of time, he turned water into wine. But not all the time. He doesn't override like that all, always. Once in a while he does it, but that is not the norm. So don't think that's the normal process. The normal way, because God is more interested in your maturity in the spirit than the miracle. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, 
make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.